Okay, so this is probably take number 10, if you will, of recording a five minute intro. Not even five minutes. So it's kind of funny that every time I go to record this, that our beautiful little puppy Luna, she finds something to be annoyed at. She finds some random bird that I can't even see to bark at. And I'm sure that the women and men who are listening to this that have little kitties know firsthand what it's like to be continually interrupted. So if you ever decide to record a podcast, make sure that you can find a space that is free of distractions. And as we know, it it can never be perfect. So I'm just sharing this with you because... You know, I like to keep continuing even when the circumstances aren't perfect. So you might hear a little groan of hers in the background or something. That's just because we've got to keep the show going. So let's get on with today's episode. This is episode 110 and this is the final installment in the Turning Pro series. I'm really excited for this particular one because I'm sharing five wins that I'm going to carry into 2022. So we started a new business venture, my husband and I collaborating together on Creator Club. And so some of these things are wins in terms of the work we've been doing there and things that we have doubled down on, particularly this year. And I think, you know, the last couple of years have been really interesting especially when it comes to not only continuing to create, continuing to feel inspired, but a lot of that comes down to your mindset and how you approach your work every day and what allows you to be in the best possible space to continue. Because, you know, it's not easy when you you are your own boss and you have to create that energy and you have to deal with your own emotions and you have to really look after your boundaries. That all comes down to you. And so really, I think that of these last couple of years, these five things that I'm about to share are the things that have really allowed that consistency to happen for us to continue to do business in a calm and a clear way and not be too derailed by a lot of what's going on. I know it's easy to be frustrated, sometimes afraid and fearful, but you really have something to give this world. That's why you're doing what you're doing. And so we have to learn ways to create, to push the status quo to show up in different ways and to really impact those people that we want to impact. So I'm sharing these with you. These are things that our clients are also doing amazingly at. So uh, if you are someone in Creator Club, also this is a shout out to you and the great work that you are doing with some of these things as well. So Let's get on with this episode. This is episode 110 of the True to You podcast. And finally, I'll also say that this is the final episode for 2021. 
we will be taking a short break over the holiday period and I'll probably re-release a couple of the most popular episodes from the last year so you can have a little binge listen to what everyone else has been really inspired by and yeah have an amazing amazing holiday period sending you love sending you well wishes and here's to an amazing new year when we return in January of 2022. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Um, okay, so all of us realize that this year has, all of us know that this year has been a little bit unpredictable. And so it's required many of us as business owners to be agile at times and to cultivate that quality. We also if we sit on decisions for too long, we know that a lot's changing in the macro environment. We've kind of had to have this attitude of make decisions quickly, get on with it, and keep moving forward. And those people that have adopted that attitude, and sometimes that actually looks like being a little bit agile and choosing to navigate things in slightly different ways that you maybe hadn't planned at the start of the year, but that is, that is one thing that I've seen that's been quite incredible from this year. Um, I think also that, again, if we reflect on the last two years, culturally, uh, we are becoming even more digitized, but also what that's meaning is that our businesses are becoming more digital or we're having to choose digital or online options in order for us to keep providing our service. So whilst this provides new opportunities, it's new territory for some of us, a whole new set of skills that we've had to learn. I think the, the flip side of that is that we, as much as possible, and, and this is my opinion on this, so you can take this or leave it, but my, my opinion is, is that that we still need to find ways to humanize these experiences because I think at the heart of all of this, whether we are in business or not, we want genuine, authentic connection. So if part of your business is, has had to move online this year or you're working more in the online space or providing options that are digital let's think about ways that we can continue to move forward and humanize our business so that 
we can find ways to connect at a deeper level and I think that that's what's also going to set you apart when you are yourself and when you're authentic to that and you're bringing that depth to your work, it's going to give you longevity in this time. So I just wanted to start with that because I think that that really sets the tone for some of these lessons that I'm about to share. So I've got some notes over here because I want to make sure that I keep on track and I want to make sure that I answer the questions at the end really thoroughly as well. And like I said, if you jump on this and you have questions, feel free to pop them in the comment box and I'll get them get to them at the end. I'm really excited to answer these these two questions that I've got already because I think they're going to benefit everyone. So in no particular order, these are... These are lessons, but they're also things that I feel personally have supported me, but also in leading a group of creators that we've led for eight months of this year since uh, May with Creator Club. Things that I have seen that have also really supported them too. Um, I think the first one is an interesting one because it seems very insignificant and it seems like something that most people should have dialed by now. But what we need to realize is that as things are changing and moving all of the time, the unpredictable nature of things means that we also need to have our practices and our structures really clear and really dialed so that we always have something to come back to. So the first thing that's been a real lesson for me, and this is this is almost because we created it for Creator Club that I have taken it and really run with it and really enjoyed this process of working every single Monday morning through our win the week framework and I take the win the week call with the creators so we jump on a call 7 30 a.m on a Monday morning and it's a really fun way to start the week I always bring a little sermon or something to think about for your week maybe I share some tools from my kundalini yoga practice but I found that that set time every week and having a simple structure, you need a simple structure for your planning. There's a lot of amazing planners out there that I have tried and that I've used. And by all means, if you've got one that you love and that you use day in and day out, keep, keep using it, keep on it. But with this particular planning system, it's only four questions and it's really simple and it helps us to get on with the the important work but also be really clear every single day what is it that I need to do and I think the big thing that I've noticed with having a weekly planning tool and a, and a structure for this is that I I plan it once and then I'm not adding anything extra to the list as, as much as I can. Sometimes things change and we need to add more things to the list. But it means that every single day I've got this simple list of things that I need to come back to. And I make sure that what's on that list, most importantly, are the things that I know are going to move the needle. Because in different stages of our business, we might be working more on the business and in the back end than we are actively being with our clients. And sometimes 
I, I, you know, that's the way it is. But I think we also need to make sure that that whatever we've got there, that there's at least something that's actively moving the business forward, hopefully putting us in contact or in, in rooms or places with our clients and connecting with them or with potential clients. So whatever we have on that list, making sure that there's, there's some active actions, the things that actively grow the business, and then obviously working on the business as well. So that's the first thing. Weekly planning structure has been absolute gold. And I feel really, really um, good about this. And like, this is a really core habit that's so simple, but leads to really incredible results. The second thing is network. Now we've been talking about this this month in Creator Club and the fun thing is is when people join Creator Club they automatically have a network of people to connect with anyway. So you're you're in in a in good company, you've got like minds and so that's that's awesome because I think your network should consist of other great business owners. It doesn't have to be um, 30 or 40 of them like what we have, it might be one or two that, that you really connect with. And that I think is an important part of your network. Uh, we talk about three different things that you, or three different types of people to have in your network. So yes, one is your peers, your industry peers. The next would be potential clients, dream clients. And then the third thing is having mentors as well. And again, that doesn't have to be having tons of them. You might have one, you might have one for a period and then you have other people that you use in your life for, for different things to support your business. But those core relationships are really important. And I said at the beginning that it's been challenging this year because we've had a lot of changes, especially here in Australia with how much we can do. We've been restricted in some ways and and not others, but what that's meant is that we've had to really re-evaluate what it looks like to continue to build relationships for our businesses because especially as service providers, I think this is like the core, you know, as you grow your business, you'll move into pay marketing and, and things like that, but really what I have seen is that fostering that strong that really connected network in the early days that pays off often for for years and I've personally seen that start to really happen this year for us and for our business uh, sometimes that also leads to clients that you have for months if not years because um, you've really fostered that relationship and really um, supported them and given great value that they want to keep working with you. Um, and the other thing I think on that is that your network provides opportunities for collaboration. And I love collaboration. I think as we are building authority and we're building resonance with our audience, connecting with like-minded people and maximizing opportunities that way to build our network, to build our audiences, especially if it's on social media. Collaboration is a really cool way to do that. And despite the fact that a lot of our stuff has had to move to the digital space, to, so to social media and online this year, 
still finding creative ways to connect and collaborate is really important. Obviously, before this year and even before 2021, I'd started a podcast. So I'm, I'm really grateful. And that's been a real lesson is that if you have something like that that you want to start, start now because the payoff in a couple of years will be really huge if you continue to be consistent with it. The third thing I think that I've learned a lot this year is that I've really started to understand what value looks like um, because I think in the early days of my business, I often had this perception that value was tied to more. So in order for me to charge more, or in order for our service to be worth more, we have to provide more. But I think the, the real value is actually in understanding your client's needs and meeting your client's needs with a service that is going to help them get that transformation that they really desire. And sometimes that can be actually in the most simple ways and actually provide really powerful results. So we just want to be mindful where we are thinking that I can only charge more or my service is only worth more if I'm adding more to it. But there's actually a lot of things that, that create value. Uh, your years of experience that might not even be in your field, but you may have experience in other things that you can bring into your work. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's been a key, key lesson this year is really just understanding value, but that is particularly stemming from understanding the client's needs and really meeting those needs so that they can get the result that they want faster and with more intention and with more clarity. So it doesn't always mean that things have to be really long sessions or that you have to have a lot of things built into your service, but being really intentional and really understand your clients from the get-go is what will actually create that value. The fourth thing is something to do with the fact that I, I mentioned this yesterday on my stories that my husband and I partnered this year for the Creator Club business. And it was actually about this time last year. So it's really cool to be sitting here now and thinking about how the last year has unfolded because it was about this time last year that we really started to think seriously about 2021 and what that was going to look like for our coaching businesses. And we decided to take the plunge and come together. And it's been an incredible experience. Um, obviously, there's all of the learnings for our business, then the learnings in terms of being in relationship and being in business together. Um, and the amount of time that we actually spent building out the concept for Creator Club that's that's evolving all the time, but the the main legwork, if you will, the main um, building out of the idea happened for about five months prior. So I think there's a couple of things in this. One is that if you have an idea, you don't necessarily have to birth it tomorrow. <laughs> you can you can take your time. You want you don't want to sit on it. You want to be working on it. <laughs> There's a key difference there because a lot of people will sit on an idea and wait for someone else to give them permission to make it happen. 
But I think giving yourself that time to really build it out and really understand what it needs to look like in that time, be listening to your potential clients, be listening to past clients and understanding what they need and then really trying to create something that fits fits uh, fits what they want and where they want to go and, and especially the niche work that can take a lot of time. And so I think that's part of it is taking the time. The second part of it is that we we're able to capitalize on our different strengths. And this is, again, still a work in progress, but we really, really got clear on what I was strong at and what John was strong at. And I think if you're going to bring people into your business, whether that be a partnership or whether it be contractors, really before you race into doing that, understanding where your strengths lie, um, Yes, part of that is going to be the things that you love to work on. But I think first and foremost, get clear, where are my strengths? Where am I actually delivering the value for my clients? And uh, obviously in the early days, if you're not yet up to scaling your business, it is going to be you delivering the service. But what are the things around that that aren't my strengths that I can perhaps outsource or in our case, we, um, you know, we have a partnership, so we divide divide the work based on based on our strengths, and that also brings something really unique to the group as well. We have quite different energy. We're we're fairly calm people, both John and I, and fairly clear and simple with our message, but we also bring that different dynamic. So I think that's been really fun, and really important as well because um, I think what it means is that we're able to be really authentic in ourselves when we stand on our own but then bring bring something unique together as a partnership so that's the fourth thing and then the final lesson for me has this is tied into network but I think realizing that things will grow and if you put in the work and if you are you know this word is like thrown around all the time consistency but I just think that consistency and discipline I've had many conversations with various people about these words over this year um if you can cultivate those, they're, they're a real strength because you become reliable, you become known for uh, delivering specific message and over time that compounds and that builds. It's like building a habit, but this is building a, a habit for your business and we, we really in this time... Uh, we're so connected to everything and everyone else that it's very easy to go, I need to do a bit of that and I need to do a bit of this. And and what if you thought about serving those clients that you have right now, whether it be a couple of clients or whether it be 10 clients, whatever the number is, doesn't matter. But what if you really served those people powerfully right now and gave them an incredible experience that they wanted to keep coming back? And we're very fortunate now that we have some people that we've worked with for um, 
like years some of our clients we've known for years and they might not have worked with us continually over that time but they've certainly we've been the people that they come to to continue to build their business and go to that next stage and so that's I think a really really cool lesson is that we we often look at these other ways that people are doing business. We're really excited by that idea of lots of people and scale and and how much money that might generate for us. Um, and some people, yes, I know that doesn't that doesn't really excite them. But I think it's really important to realize that if you serve the clients that you have now really, really well, that uh, A, they'll become a great referral source, but B, you could end up having those clients as legacy clients. You could end up having those people in your circle. Perhaps they, they work with you for coaching, but then they buy a retreat or they do a workshop, but they want to keep being part of your world. And so I think in a time where there's so many different ways that we can scale and we can grow and there's a lot of conversations around uh, financial success, which I love. I think those, those are really important conversations and I love having those conversations. But in that, also don't forget what you've got right in front of you and what amazing people you have already worked with. Uh, sometimes it might be even reconnecting with some of those amazing clients and just being in in their sphere, if you will. So that's the five things. I'm going to jump into some questions now. I've got a couple of really great, great questions from people. And if anybody's on here that wants to drop a, a question in the comment box, go for it. But the first question that I got was, um, and I'm not going to say the names of these people just to protect their, their privacy, but this person works in the fashion industry and she has a service and she's thinking about ways that she can generate more income, especially passively. That's how she, she uh, termed it. And I think the passive income conversation is a really interesting one because it's be, been certainly a term that's popularized and often a lot of these terms, they get thrown around, but we don't actually really know what they mean. And to be quite frank and quite honest with you, passive income is not something that I have yet built. So I'm I'm not an expert in passive income, but I can certainly give you some direction or some starting points for you to think about in terms of if it's not passive income, which is what we think of in terms of making money in our sleep, uh, passive income is really assets. So there's obviously other than it providing our service, there could be other ways that we could generate passive income that doesn't actually have to be related to our business, but other investments that we could make. And, um, you know, I've certainly seen a lot of business people, once they start to make substantial um, money, that they, they actually invest in passive uh, income opportunities outside of their business and outside of their service. So, 
That would be one of the first things I'd say is that it might not necessarily have to be related to your business. But I think with anything that we're trying to build outside of a service that we've been providing for a long time, we need to be patient. It is a long game and there's so many different ways out there to address this and different ideas that you could experiment with that it may take a little period of experimentation just to find the idea that that you can replicate or the service that you can create once and then people really love it so they buy and buy and buy um I was just talking to my husband, John, who's, yes, my business partner as well, as I said, and we were talking about this question and he said something that Gary V mentioned a couple of years ago is that service providers should have products and products should have services. And so I guess this is where I'm going with this question is, um, you know, you're probably trading time for money right now and you're probably seeing that that is limited and potentially capped. Obviously, you can raise your prices and over time, I would expect that you are doing that. You've got more experience, you're getting better clients, all of those things. But our time is our time that we want to spend working is typically finite. Most of us don't want to uh, work 60, 70 hours a week if we can help it. You know, I, I know this person and they... Um, you know, they like to look after themselves. They have other things in their life that are really important. So the thing is that we're moving out of this, this place of continually trading time for money. And so if you're looking at creating a service or a product that that is not trading time for money, you're typically creating it once and then you're going to be selling it over and over again. So you're actually building an asset over time. And I had a couple of ideas around what this could look like. Um, so, so one that a lot of people jump on because there's initially a lot of uh, setup up front and potentially some investment up front, but it is a little easier on the back end and on the delivery, and that would be digital products. So there might be part of your service that you could turn into a digital asset. So the most basic form is like a digital book. There's obviously NFTs are big in the fashion industry now. Um, so you could go down that route if you wanted. Uh, you could partner with someone to create a digital product. And I'll talk a little bit more about other things ways that that you could um, use the digital space to create products that might actually be based on your service but that'd be one place to start the next place that you could think about starting is a physical product so you could create something that's on a subscription or um, something tangible that you put you need to put a bit of work in up front um, and potentially if it's a physical product, there might be a bit more investment financially than what you would with something that's digital and you need to take care of shipping and things like that. But there's also drop shipping options. So there could be something product wise that uh, that you could create. The other thing that I would think about is something that we have have 
used as a business model this year. It's not a passive income model though, but it is recurring revenue. And that is, as long as people stay with you, that is a membership or, or a course potentially. So either way, so the membership is more of a recurring revenue. A course is something that you create once. You, you may uh, deliver it and then you put it on Evergreen so you don't actually have any connection with the people using it except that there might be like a group or a community that they're attached to with it. So that's one way that's like the most simplest way that's very hands-off for you in the long term but you can keep selling it and then obviously a course can have some live components to it and for this person I was thinking that a lot of um, ideas for you might be seasonal and and when we think about the fashion industry and they might also um, be things that you get consistently asked so these are all ideas but I think the starting point around this question would be what are things that I'm constantly asked about by people what am I constantly asked to do? What information do I constantly get asked to provide? What are those repeat questions or what are people actually wanting in the service that I'm providing? Um, and maybe there's some clues in there as to things that you could then scale. So that that's one way to look at it is not to guess, but to actually look back, look at what people are already asking you for and could that be scaled over time? Okay, so that could that be scaled in terms of a course? Could that be a digital product that you, maybe there's a beautiful seasonal magazine or something that you create that you can sell uh, for a price and uh, people get that on a seasonal basis to help them with their fashion um, and then finally the other thing that you could look at that is more of a passive income model but does require some effort from you so I think with all of these ideas is that they're not truly passive but this is probably the lead-in to the passive ideas and that would be affiliate sales so uh, do other people have products that you could sell do other people have courses perhaps that you could partner with and you could sell on their behalf? So there's a few ideas on that one. See how you go with those. The second question that I got is a little bit different, but I guess um, in terms of what we have faced in the last couple of years, a lot of people are questioning their career direction and where they want to go with their life and their values and what's important and so some of us are making big career changes in in these last couple of years or we're returning back to things that we've done in the past and choosing to to double down on it going okay now's my time I've actually really got to kickstart this business because this is what I want to be doing for the rest of my working time so interesting time and that's where this question comes in this particular person is asking me how to transition from one industry to another and if any of you have heard any of my story you'll know that I was actually in a completely different industry to coaching so I was an architect for 
well over like 10 years and practiced and then I slowly transitioned out of that career and it wasn't an overnight thing you you notice that I use the word slowly because I think we have the expectation that we can do this transition if we plan it well if we know all the answers that we can do it in an instant but in my experience, unless you are moving, say, out of corporate into consultancy and you're doing something that you've already done, but just doing it as your own business, that's not really moving industries. Or maybe you choose to take that skill set and service like slightly different market where you might be um, perhaps changing industries. But what I would say is that if you are leaping from one thing into another that are pretty different, then give yourself time. And with that time, I think that probably one of the things that I didn't spend enough time doing on the get-go, and you may already have a good relationship with this, but um, coming from the architecture world, I could obviously see where my... Um, financially where my career was going and what was possible and then when I leapt into retail which I did first and then in management and retail and all of that um, I had a bit of a wake-up call financially and that was a bit of a moment for me so what I would say is that if you're changing industries also do your money work as well because that's one thing that will inevitably come up especially if we're choosing to change industries where we have been paid this certain amount and then we are potentially going to do something new where we feel like we don't have a lot of experience and we're just starting to really build that, then you will inevitably come up against some of these money money blocks and money ideas and so doing that work up front as you're making this change is really important I would say also having either a really solid safety net or having a um, yeah having some other work that you can do that doesn't take a lot of brain power uh, but can allow you to focus on building your new service or building your new product or business in this different industry um, I think those two things first I would do. And then what I would think about is these three things. So I've got down here, getting as much experience and practice as you can, not necessarily for free as well. Although sometimes these may be paid things, sometimes they might not be paid, but get as much experience as you can because that's what's going to help you to find your unique message, where you want to position yourself in the market. It's going to help you find who your niche really is. But we need that volume in order for us to be able to answer that question. Unless, you know, sometimes we know, sometimes we know straight away these are the people I want to help because it's uh, a transition that you've been through in your life or uh, something from your story. So you might be really clear on that from the get-go, but then your work is in getting that experience. And like I say, that doesn't always mean that you're just doing all free work straight, straight off the get-go. Um, the other thing is that you want to find ways to start building authority. So if you're very new in an industry, 
people aren't going to know a lot about you. You might be having conversations with people, friends and family. And I think that's really great. That's a really good starting point is to make people aware. But then beyond that, we want to find ways to build that authority so that we become known as this person. So that if a friend has this particular problem that you are hopefully the first person that they think about or um, they, they refer their friends to you and so on and so forth. So building authority and building reputation, they do take time, but you can do them in a number of ways in those early days. So that could be starting a podcast. And if you don't feel comfortable being a guest on lots of podcasts, yourself, you could start the podcast and bring the guests on. So that would be a really cool way to do that. The other thing is start writing and start building an email list. So you have something concrete that, uh, you know, email lists, look, they, they, they might change in the future, but right now we know that that is something solid that, that we own versus, um, gaming the social media thing. I think the social media thing is great because we can do more high frequency and we can test messaging and things like that. But what I would say is having some pillar piece of content, whether that be a podcast or whether that be an email list that you start to build over time, because what we realized in the last year that is not, it's not one of the lessons that I put up there, but one of the things that we realized is that you don't actually need crazy numbers to build a business. Um, and uh, I'm not going to dive into what those numbers are, but yeah, you, you can go on and see my social media following. <laughs> it's pretty obvious, but um, what you need to build is is fans and you need to start building that thousand true fans. So finding different ways where, yes, people will follow you on social media, but can they connect with you in other ways? Um, collaboration, that's the final thing. So you can partner with experts or you can use people that you know that might be peers right now and collaborate to do things because that that takes the pressure off you to find the the big audience and to build the, the big audience all on your own from the get-go. But I'm a really big fan of collaboration and the more I do it, the more it um, provides uh, a return and leads to more opportunities. So you don't might not necessarily be positioning yourself as the expert in this new field, but you can partner with people and just like a podcast, you can bring the experts together. So there's a couple of ideas for you. Thank you everyone who jumped on and listened, even if it was for a few moments. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate everyone that has listened to this series. I've had some great feedback and I really hope that this has planted the seed for a powerful new year and for a powerful 2022 and that with some of these tools that I've talked about in the Turning Pro series that you'll feel really supported to go conquer your dreams, conquer your business and as I mentioned with every one of these Turning Pro uh, lives. I've also popped them up on the True to You podcast, so you can go and listen to 
the podcast episode and that means that over your Christmas break you can revisit some of these things and then when you go to do your planning you can um yeah you can you can include some of these ideas into your planning so thank you so much I'm so grateful for those that jumped on and listened and I really wish you all a safe and loving and connected and blessed uh, New Year and Christmas period. And um, we're very lucky to have each other and we're very lucky to be connected, even if it's virtually. So thank you. Lots of love and stay well, stay safe.